We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. All right, hello. Welcome to episode four of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. I'm Dustin Redazel. And joining me is someone with the Christmas movie taste of a seven-year-old. It's Tommy Cooksey. <laughs> I was a seven-year-old that followed the rules. Uh, if I was any other seven-year-old, I'd probably have watched Die Hard. But, uh, you know, I, I stuck to what I knew. Fair enough. Hey, the people yeah. spoke. Your, your list was beloved. Mine was uh, just loved. It's it's funny. So since we've talked, I've already watched Love Actually again. It's fantastic. It's, it's absolutely it holds up. Um, uh, it's a wonderful life we're gonna do on Christmas, and uh, um, White Christmas is set to record. We we still we still go uh, via satellite. So, uh, but I've I've definitely it's gotten incredible. some hate on the list. You know, everyone wants to know why uh, Scrooged wasn't on there, and and. Scrooge is good. It's not bad. I like Bill Murray, but it's too, it's a little bit too nostalgic. Eighties, just a little weird. The mullets and all, and uh, probably Elf is one that we missed. I think we missed on Elf. Yeah. So if uh, you guys are just coming to this podcast for the first time, episode three, Tommy and I broke down our top five movie Christmas uh, lists of all time. Um, we only agreed. We did, built them independently. Only agreed on one. Um, the number one, no spoilers here. Uh, and yeah, Elf is probably a miss. My list was only picked apart based upon comparison to seeing Home Alone and Christmas Vacation on your list and people being like, how did you not have them? And me saying things like, oh, look, those are top 10 for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The classic comeback. (laughs) So... So today, guys, we have our uh, our first guest of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. Uh, his name is Ryan Varga. Uh, Ryan, gosh, we I met him about seven years ago in a training program for Cisco Systems, um, and then he worked there alongside Tommy Cooksey and myself. The reason I wanted to have him on uh, is... Ryan also runs his own photography business. It's an artistic endeavor he's been very passionate about for as long as I've known him and has built it into something uh, a little bit uh, bodier than it was when we first knew each other, and it just seemed like a hobby. So I kind of wanted to talk about that progression, uh, what that lifestyle has been like, um, as it reflects some you know, personal side hustle ambitions of my own, but I guess, uh, Ryan, it's good to have you on. I'll bring you in first by asking, did you see me in Tommy's Christmas movies list, and who do you side with? You know, it's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I I saw I saw the Instagram posts, and I I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but I saw the Instagram posts, and the first thing I saw was when I think it was um, Tommy that posted 
Jingle All the Way with, uh, am I saying that right? It was with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. So yeah. that. And Sinbad at their finest. Yes. Um, that was one of my favorites as a kid. Um, I actually got so obsessed with the movie that I wanted a Turbo Man. And, you know, since the movie had come out, they were actually making them and had them in stores. And I got one for Christmas. But I completely forgot about that movie until I saw it on Tommy's uh, Instagram story. Um, I haven't seen the complete le- the complete list yet, but when I saw Jingle All the Way, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I completely forgot about that one, and I was obsessed with that movie. Uh, you know, if if I'm not good for anything else, I'm, I'm good for a nice dose of nostalgia. Oh yeah. All right, well, guys, I don't want to. Uh... We don't want to make a habit of making every podcast just talking about the last podcast, so I'm just going to forge ahead. So, Ryan, thanks a ton for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, Thank so you for I having me. spoke a little bit about the the photography, and I that's really where I'd like to start. And I guess I have maybe too much insight into your background. It might impair my interview question. So, you know, bear with me and try to read into the message, but I'll start by asking because you do a lot of things. How do you answer the question? What do you do? Looks like he just, he's there. I was, I I was going to say, this is, this makes so much sense for our inaugural guest question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck getting anybody else to come back. You just killed him with one question. <laughs> Can't see. What do I do? Oh, shit. I'm out. That's all right. Uh, we're just talking about you, man. Because yeah, we can hear you. I guess we could kind of just keep talking. Until he comes back around and then edit it out or don't edit it out. Gosh, how are you going to rephrase that first question? That was such a smash hit. Oh, I don't know. We'll say it again. It'll yeah. be what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally okay with uh with some substandard interview skills. You know, it's hard to say cuz neither one of us have ever really done it. But based upon the way I've seen you converse with people and the way I know I converse with people, I think you probably have more natural talent as an interviewer. You're like more naturally curious. You're better with follow-ups. Uh, you know, I'm just like waiting for my turn to talk. So I mean, time. I uh, I I probably am too. I I, I tend to um, lose. I'll hear something, and then once I lock onto something that someone says, I almost don't hear the rest of that statement. But yeah, that's, all, that's, that's one of the reasons we're doing this is to is to get better at that listening. Oh no question is I'm texting while no, you're no, 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 I, telling I, I, me that. Yeah, no 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 it's well like we we went to this little um uh the one of Everett's little friends had it's gonna sound like I'm bragging about myself but it just furthers the point okay but, you guys Ryan, you're back, back. That was, yeah I'll tell you back cliffhanger Man. I'll leave I'll tell you that at a different time uh <laughs> I hope it stays on I I don't know what's gonna happen. Cool. Good. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. I'll work with these mass data files. So, as I was saying, you do a lot of things, right? And we'll just start by jumping into your area of expertise, which I consider photography. But 
Uh, I also know you have the job at Cisco as well. So I want to start by asking, how do you answer the question when somebody asks you, what do you do? That's a good question. Um, honestly, it, it usually depends on who asks. Um, if I'm running into someone in Denver that's more of in the creative scene, I tell them that I am a lifestyle portrait and sometimes commercial photographer located here in Denver, Colorado. Um, if I'm talking to my girlfriend's dad, I tell her that I sell services for Cisco Systems. <laughs> so it really depends um, on who's asking, uh, but you know that that's kind of how I answer it. I, I usually try to lead with photography um, if I'm if I'm just meeting someone uh, because it just leads to a broader conversation um, than if I mention Cisco. Some people know who it is, some people don't, um, and yeah, that's kind of how I answer the question. <laughs> Here's a different version of that. Do you remember the first time? Because I have I have an answer to this question, which is, I don't know, I still feel a little embarrassed. Do you remember the first time you told somebody you were a photographer? Or hey. where it felt like a stretch to say, I'm this other thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, it still does um, because it's not my primary source of income or it's not, you know, how I pay the bills. But, um, what's funny is I, I, I meet a lot of people who, you know, are either like creatives in Denver or they might, you know, see some of my stuff on, on Instagram. And, um, I, I always, I always seem to like downplay it. So if someone's like, Oh yeah. So have you been getting a lot of like jobs during this like pandemic or anything like that? And I'm like, Oh no, no, Like I'm not a photographer full time. Like I, I work for Cisco or, you know, even before the pandemic, I would say like, Oh, but it's not my full time thing. Like I was trying to justify why I wasn't a full time, you know, why it wasn't, you know, paying all my bills. And then I kind of just got to the point where, where I just, you know, who cares? Um, photography is what I care about. Um, and, and a lot of people that I met thought, it was my full-time thing because, you know, they, they may have thought that my work was, was pretty good or, you know, they, they see me posting or shooting all the time. They're like, Oh wow. Like I thought you were full-time, like your, your work's definitely good enough to be. And so that's when I started thinking like, okay, maybe I could just start saying I'm a photographer. And then, you know, some of my friends would just introduce me as, as this is Ryan. He's a photographer here in Denver. And so I kind of just went with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a, it's still a self-conscious thing because, you know, I think everyone kind of has that, you know, imposter thing for a little while, like when they're, when they're creative and only been doing it for a few years. Well, it's funny too, dude, because when, you know, if, if you still lived in North Carolina, you would still be known as probably, you know, Ryan that works at Cisco who does, who takes good pictures. Yeah. But by, by moving my, by, by moving out West to a very creative town, you're able to kind of recreate yourself and you could say like, this is who I am, you know, and that's a really cool thing. Um, and it's funny that like the cool kids mentality still exists no matter how old we get, you know, we're all, we're all on the other side of 30 and it's like, well, you know, like he's not struggling. So he's not a real artist, right? Like, he's, he doesn't pay his bills by taking pictures, right? He's corporate, you know, but uh, it's, it's really totally. cool to hear how you've kind of, yeah, how you've kind of molded into your own skin and you're just confident. Cause I mean, I, I love, I love the photos you take, man. I think they're fantastic. So, um, it's really cool that you get to kind of come out with it that way. Um, and I think like you said, man, that's really, it, it, it leads to more connections into the stuff that really interests you. Uh, when you just say, 
I work, you know, I work for a, a, a massive networking company. It's like, and that's the end. What do you do? Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I mean, if I, if I tell someone I'm a photographer, I, I have something to show them. If I tell someone I sell services for Cisco, I could, I could show them my goal sheet, but no one wants to see that. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Well, it's also an interesting, the reason I even like the question is it kind of tells you where you're at and how you answer it. You know, I'm now at a point where I'm probably like you, Ryan, like I'm 50-50 when I answer a stranger on the what do you do question. It's like, maybe I'll talk about the writing. uh, Maybe I'll talk about like the podcast. And I've taken to answering the question based upon what interests me more than what I think will make them think I'm a stable contributing member of society. And I think once you're willing to do that, that's, it's like, okay, it's your identity now. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a good point. It's like, you know, we, we sometimes, I don't know, like to say the thing we do because I think there's this, there's just this mentality where the thing you do is, is who you are. And I mean, I, I do a lot of things. I shoot photography. I, I work for Cisco. Um, you know, I climb. It's 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 both of them are things that I do. Um, you know, and I I don't I don't identify myself or I try not to identify myself too hard with either because, um, you know, but that those things could change like easily. Um, but you know, at the same time, if if you want to you know, start shooting with more people or you want that to lead more gigs, you have to kind of embrace, um, that that's, that's who you are and that's something you want to do and and not be ashamed of it. Um, you know, if, if shooting photos is something that you do and, you know, even if you're like old corporate buddies, like rag on you about it or whatever, it's, it's still, you know, it's who you are and what you want to do. So it's like, it, I don't know, you get to kind of to a point where you just like don't care as much, I guess. (laughs) Tommy mentioned it. Do you feel like the move out to Denver helped you embrace that side of yourself? Do you feel like it was a significant, like putting some new ground under your feet really did help you evolve those interests and abilities? Yeah, I think it 1,000% did. Um, I think, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a North Carolina, Colorado thing, but you know, in North Carolina too, um, you know, it, before I moved out here, I worked nine to five in an office. So working nine to five at Cisco and RTP, um, not a ton of creatives, you know, not a lot of people that I could go talk to about some of those things that I'm interested in. Um, you know, besides, besides you guys that obviously like get it. And I, I think part of it was, is moving out to Colorado. And part of it was, working remote too, because when I came out to Colorado, um, I met, I I had a buddy who was a photographer and then he introduced me to a lot of other photographers and then some designers. And, you know, next thing I know, that's just the crew that, that I'm hanging out with. And it, and it really feels like I found my people where back home, like, you know, I, I still have my close friends, but it never felt like, um, you know, it, it, it didn't feel like who I hung out with on a, Maybe, maybe I just didn't share similar interests with, with a lot of the, you know, people that maybe I worked in the office with as, as I did whenever I came out here. Um, so even though I was working with Cisco and, and I was working remote, 
I was sharing a studio space with people who were creatives and that was their full-time thing. And you know, that, that kind of rubs off, but, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, it moving out here definitely made a difference. And, um, I think it's, 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 it's made me realize how important it is to surround yourself with, with people like that, or to find, um, that tribe that is into those things that you are, because I mean, it helps you grow and it just makes you feel like you can become more of who you are, um, rather than trying to cover it off or trying to cover it up or, you know, brush it off because, you know, some people might not get it. Um, you know, I think there's something to be said, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you're, you're making me think about something that you actually turned me on to, which I've, I've mentioned a couple times already in this podcast is the, the Instagram account, uh, visualize value. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge fan. And he recently posted one that had a quote from Shakespeare. I think it was that you give three quarters of yourself away to be like everyone else. Mm. It was something to that effect. Yeah. And it's like a lot of what you're talking about is identity building. Right. And I guess that's partially why I'm fascinated by just the act of putting new dirt under your shoes felt like you could evolve because I think a lot of people feel trapped by their context and there's a word you keep on using creatives to define like a group of people uh, that are influencing you and hopefully you're influencing them. I've thought of what you do as photography and to me, that probably has like some limited boundaries on it. When you think of photography, first of all, do you think of what you do as being a photographer or do you think of it more intricately? And the reason I'm asking that is like with all the possibilities to create an image today and so many people who are doing it you know, via... Instagram, Photoshop, uh, CGI, like what kind of constraints do you think make up what you do? And is it more fair to just say like, I'm just trying to be creative. I'm just trying to tap into an aspect of me. Or do you count as like, I'm a photographer and here's the bounds I work in. That's a good question. Um, I think, I, I would say photographer, um, and I guess I would say that the main thing that I'm trying to do is just create good images. And the more you get into photography, the deeper the rabbit hole goes. There's film photography, there's digital photography, there's medium format, there's lifestyle, commercial, portrait, wedding, fine art photography. It just goes deeper and deeper. Um, for me personally, I think it is more of the act of being creative. That's what kind of drives me and, and makes me feel more whole um, is just the act of creating. And I think it's just one of those things where photography happens to be the medium that I use to make things or, and and I make photos. Um, I'm not really sure why it's, you know, I picked up a camera and I wasn't, super in love with it at first, but after, you know, some amount of time, I just, 
became more and more obsessed with it. And it, it's one of those things now to where if I'm not shooting or I'm not taking photos, um, I get pretty antsy. I, you know, I, I feel like I have to go out and make something. So in a way, taking photos is, is kind of like my release or it's, it's a way that, um, you know, I kind of make sure that I am continually making things because making things makes me feel whole. Um, and you know, the move out to Colorado and surrounding myself with people here, I think it was just, it's, it's kind of one of those things where I, I just felt more comfortable being who I always was or always have been, if that makes sense. Um, it's just, I was, I'm more in an environment where, uh, I don't have to worry about, um, what people think about it. Um, and, and maybe that's, you know, a known like, or my own like self-conscious thing or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I think the whole purpose is to, to make an image or to create an image. Um, and more specifically, just the act of creating is, is what drives me. And I, I, I think I know somewhere in the back of my head that the more that I shoot, the better that I'm going to get. And it's almost like going to the gym. It's, it's like putting the time in. Sometimes those are really big shoots where there's a whole team and we're using the studio. And sometimes it's, it's just grabbing my film camera and walking around the neighborhood and, and, you know, or shooting some photos, uh, on a trip with my girlfriend. Um, it's just always making sure that I'm, uh, putting something out there. Uh, that's, that's what makes me feel good. And, and, you know, I've talked about this with, with the, the war of art and resistance. It's, it's getting the reps in. Um, and it, I don't know, it just makes me feel whole, makes me feel good. What if, um, and so this is kind of cool because, you know, I, I love art. I think, you know, if I, I like writing, I've always loved taking photographs. Um, I, you know, I like drawing, coloring, whatever. I like art, music. Um, and, and you guys are, are definitely creative. So like if there's, if we're playing, which one of these things is not like the other? I'm definitely that guy when you talk about like, you know, you guys <laughs> devoting yourselves to a craft. Because I'm still like, what do you do? I'm in sales. Big, uh, big software hardware <laughs> company. Um, but would you, would you think, Ryan, that like, is it the act of putting it back out there that drives you? Because obviously we all end up getting a lot of validation through like, you know, likes and um, asked to do more shoots. Or is it, if no one ever looked at your work, you just took the art, you took took the photographs, maybe you printed some, maybe you didn't, but you just did it and you had them to look at for yourself. Would that be just as like rewarding and fulfilling for you? Is it more the, the, the act of doing it and seeing it and knowing that this pleases me? Or is it more... I want to create and share this with the, with the rest of the world to show them like what I saw. No, totally. I, I think for me personally, it's, it's taking the photos and editing them is, is what makes me happy. Um, sharing the photos. Uh, I, I, in a way, I think it's just part of the process because, you know, it could be a couple of books that I read or, you know, books that I'm currently reading, but I, I have a ton of photos that, only I've seen and only I will see. Um, and a, a lot of them are really bad. <laughs> and, and that's kind of part of the process of making good ones. Um, but you know, I've thought about that too, where is, and I don't have like a huge following or anything, but you know, if, you know, if Instagram was taking away, would I still be 
making photos and the answer is 1000% yes. Um, but I do think that, I do think that putting your work out there, uh, is, is part of that process because not only do you get feedback, but it's only sometimes only making work for yourself and keeping it to yourself is, is a way to hide or a way to justify being a perfectionist. Um, and for me, sometimes if, for example, I, in the past, in the past week I've, I've worked on editing a photo shoot that I did like a week ago. Um, I shot a ton of films, a ton of digital, did a lot of retouching and some of them I started over and started retouching again. And so one of the good parts about putting it on Instagram or putting it out, out there is, well, now it's, it's, it's out there. It's, it's not mine anymore. Yeah. And, and I can move on. Um, because sometimes not sharing it can, can be a way to stall and, and a way to yeah, not move on sense. to the next thing. Well, um, I, I can, I, I commend you both. Cause it, it takes guts to take something that you say, you look at it and you say, not only do I think this is beautiful or I think this is fantastic or whatever and put it out there for the haters to look at and say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever. It, it takes some guts to say, this is something I'm really proud of and put it out there on, you know, for the world to see. Um, but, but I like what you said there. Yeah. It's if, if you keep it to yourself at all times, you know, you're right. You could, you're going to go back and you're going to tweak it and you're going to adjust it and it's never going to be quite good enough to go out there. Um, so that, that's really cool. And, and there, and some, yeah. and sometimes that's, that's okay too, though. I, I want to, you know, maybe yeah. reiterate, you know, there's some personal photos, you know, that I've taken, or, you know, maybe it's some stuff with my family or, you know, some stuff with, uh, you know, my girlfriend or, you know, a long-term project. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that stuff's not, not meant to be shared or it's not ready yet. It's not part of a larger mm-hmm. body of work and, um, it's something you're working on, but it's, it's maybe a balance of, of sharing a lot of it, but you know, if, if to me, to me, the, the taking the photos and editing them is what makes me happy. And I, I would continue to do that if there were no social media or, or if I yeah. never get paid for it. Um, if I continue to have to work for Cisco, I'll be shooting photos till, till I'm an old man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a question when Tommy and I were building this podcast, we each came up with like five questions we would want to ask any guests and like, okay, that gives us a pool to draw from. And there was one I put down that was just unnecessarily wordy, which was uh, if you replaced your current income, uh, it was just like a check you got constantly. So you no longer had to do the job you have to do. What would you do with all that extra time? And Tommy, I think I even asked you that on our, our first episode. Yeah. And since going through the work to think through that question, I've probably heard it put much cleaner a hundred times, which was, what would you do, what would you still do if you were guaranteed to fail? And I think that way, and I've said it so many times to Katie about like this novel, and I think I've said as much to you too, Tommy, is like, it's, I'm, I'm in, I'm committed now. Like, this is the way, this is the craft I use to understand myself. And I've put enough time into it that it can show me things that I can only understand through this medium. 
And that doesn't happen when you first pick something up. But to your point about getting the work out there, there is probably a hundred hours on the internet of my awful writing. You can find it. It's out there. Writing bareback, policy ah. mic, Cheeto does the book. Like I was grinding out so much like kickball recap emails to email chains. Oh yeah. I was grinding out so many words trying to figure out like what is this thing to me? And I think having the outlet is really important to improving. Like you need some sort of feedback mechanism. Yeah, I, I the uh Oh go ahead. Sorry, I, I was giving a beat in case anybody else had something else on that, but like you're you're speaking to me there. I just had to get my, my wind. No, I totally I totally agree. And you know, it's something you said there, Tommy. Um you know that you said you're not a creative person and, and you know, you're, you're the least creative person. Um, I, I 1000% don't think that's true at all. Um, I just, I don't want to, I don't want you to say it. And then the podcast goes on and I don't circle back around to it. Um, because I really do think, and, and I know Dustin, you can back me up here that creativity is, is just like, it's just like going to the gym. It's just like putting the reps in. Um, you know, people tell me, you know, that they're, they're oh, I'm not a good photographer. I don't, I don't take, good photos. And, you know, I'm stealing this from Seth Godin, but I'm like, okay, well show me all, all the bad photos that you've taken. Um, show me the bad ones because that's how you get to the good ones. Um, it's not, I think there's still, for some reason, there's maybe this myth that people are like born creative or born, um, you know, with this like gift. And the only way to get good at it is, is, is to put the reps in just like going to the gym. Um, and I know, I know you're big on lifting. It's the same thing. It's the, the way to get those, yeah. to get stronger at the craft is to go out and, and, you know, it's either it's writing all those, all those articles or it's going out and taking all those really bad photos. And I mean, I, I, you can probably still find them out there. I've, I've taken a ton of crappy photos. I still do. Um, but I, I really do think that creativity um, is it just a thing that you do? And it's, it's, it's just like going to the gym and putting the reps in and it's almost inevitable that once, once you do it enough, um, you get good at it and some good things come from it. It might not be that way every time, but, uh, I think it, I think it's almost just like anything where if it's something you want to get good at, um, it is, it is a skill that you can develop just like anything else. Yeah, I struggle with this thing, and and maybe you guys too, because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, maybe a lot of a perfectionist, and I and I have I've been that way for a long time. It's through through hours of therapy. It's it's something it's you know it's something to do with you know childhood trauma and like uh, it, it, it be, if everything was perfect, nothing could be done against me, and so. On. But anyway, I struggle sometimes to get started. Like I'm like okay, and this is in a lot of things in life where I'm like. Yeah, I'd like to take some pictures, but gosh, then I have to research what kind of camera to get. And then, you know, how do you, what program do I need to edit it? Or, you know, or, or, Hey, you know, I, I like writing, but what could I even write about? Like, this is the same thing for me, even personally, like stuff that people wouldn't see. Like we've talked about journaling a ton and I know both of you guys are big into journaling. There's this, uh, call it uh, my, my a buddy of mine, Jer Moeller, who you've talked to, uh, Dusty, uh, is, is, um, you know, he's, he's, he, he phrased it like this inner rock star. 
Like I feel like when I show up to write in, in my journal, I have to be a rock star. I got to put it down so that if someone were to ever read this, they're going to know that this guy knew what was up. And so there's this perfectionism in me that prevents me from getting started. Um, is there any of you know, did you experience any of that? Was that something that was holding you back when you were in North Carolina? Like, oh, you know, people aren't going to see the perfect picture. Or maybe you too, Dusty. Did it ever hold you back initially from trying to write something, to try to deliver something? Or was it just kind of innate like, ah, screw it, I'm going. I'm, I got it. I'm just going to figure it out along the way. I, th- I think it was. it's it's more of like a the, the whole picking up a camera thing was it was it's more of like a what maybe I was just like drawn to it or just like naturally drawn like drawn it interests me it piqued my interest mm-hmm. um and I, I went out and you know was was making some decent money with Cisco and I got this like massive DSLR camera crazy expensive lenses and I was like I'm gonna take some epic photos. <laughs> And the camera sat in my room for weeks, months. Um, And I, I slowly begrudgingly started to pull it out only if I went on vacation or only when there was something going on. And it's kind of, it was kind of weird because it's like this big, massive DSLR camera. Um, And it's, 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 it's very intimidating. Uh, And this is where I think like, you know, sometimes that that's the stuff that, that kind of stuff can hold you back. Um, because during that process, I'd, I'd gotten a smaller camera that was just maybe a little more inconspicuous. Um, and I, I started taking it just with me where I went. Like I just started bringing it to coffee shops or started bringing it, um, you know, when I went on trips and just started taking more photos, um, because it was something that's a little more smaller. Um, and and what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, I guess, is is I don't know. It's 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 something where the tools can kind of hold you back, and you can take a good photo on your on your phone nowadays because there are so many good cameras out there. The, the cameras on iPhones are insane. Um, I've taken photos on my iPhone that I've, that I thought were better than my DSLR or full frame or whatever I'm using. Um, but I, I think it's it's one of those things where you know, just like whenever you go to lift, you don't jump into squatting 350 or maybe you might, I don't know. We'll say, we'll say, you we'll say, well, right. like, <laughs> you, you know, know, damn well, <laughs> but you, you warm up and, and you, and you stretch a little bit and you know that the hardest part is just getting your clothes on and getting to the garage. Um, and that's, and that's the hardest part. And for me, it was the hardest part is putting the camera in the hand um, but once it's in the hand, you know, you walk outside, you, you, oh, there's some cool light there. You take a photo that looks like crap, you take another photo that looks like crap. And then you just keep taking photos. Um, and I think creating is, is the same, is the same as anything else where, where you warm up a little bit. Um, you know, you, you take some, you take some bad photos, you test your exposure, you, you, you know that you have to get that out of the way so that you can get to, to the important stuff. Um, and I, I really think it's no different than, than going to the gym. Um, so I think the barrier, whatever the barrier is to getting warmed up, I think if you can, if you can at least get there, then things just kind of start to snowball. It's like, well, I'm already here yeah. on my camera or, you know, I'm already, I'm already in front of my laptop, I'm already writing. I might as well type, you know, t- 
type some some paragraphs or sentences even yeah um i don't know i think writing's hard so it might take me a little longer (laughs) i think there's something about this too that the i don't know maybe blame capitalism whatever it's 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 certainly a western mindset (laughs) it's so hot it's certainly a a western mindset this whole begin with the end in mind approach to success like do you have your goal do you know what this is you don't waste your time if you don't know where you're taking this and that is pretty antithetical to a proper approach for self-expression because you forge your own personality through the effort to express yourself it takes a lot of time and whether that's taking pictures or you know you're writing uh, I was talking with my wife about this a few days ago. You know, I finished the second draft. I'm reading through it. I'm surprisingly liking my own book, which I've I've had to work on it for over two years to get it to a point where I'm like, I actually think this is pretty good. I'm getting excited about it now. And yet, I don't know who a Dustin Redazel reader is. Like, what type of person is a fan of my novels it doesn't exist yet right like i have no idea who i'm writing for um i i certainly don't think it's some sort of like james patterson mass market appeal and i don't have enough confidence to say that it's like high-end literary fiction but i'm pretty sure it's a pretty good story and a pretty good book and i think a lot of people will enjoy it but i don't know what that is yet right And yet it took me hundreds of hours of doing the work to get to a point where I'm like, yes, it's definitely for somebody. And so that whole begin with the end in mind thing when it comes to artistic expression, you're finding yourself as you're doing it. And the uh, my last thing on this, in group therapy, the number of times I've told different individuals like, when the time for advice comes around, you know, you should start just like pick a craft, any craft. It doesn't matter what it is. You build cabinets, right? Like you will slowly get better at building the cabinets and you will start to understand the world as a cabinet maker. You know, you'll, you'll sound wise when you say things like oil the hinges (laughs) and people will be like, wow, this guy knows a thing or two about making things work. (laughs) Right. It just, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, if you just put enough diligence into the craft, you'll start to understand yourself and you'll start to understand what you want out of that craft. It, you know, it probably isn't going to be the the money and the stability that usually tempts the entrepreneurial spirit of the Western individual, right? So that's... That's my rant on it. Uh, Ryan, I wanted to get back because this is just, this is purely a question for me because I'm just curious about it. When you do portraits, uh, I guess even lifestyle, um, but particularly when you're working with a model, what is the collaborative process like? Is there a lot of prep that goes into it? Are you 
Are you like forming positions or does the model get to drive a lot more of the action? Yeah. So I, I'll say that whenever you're working with a model, um, it depends on the shoot. So if it's for a brand, um, usually they have a pretty clear direction on what they want the story to be when they're doing the shoot or what they, what vision they have in mind for what they want the images to portray. So say you're shooting like a lifestyle brand for, or sorry, say you're shooting a lifestyle shoot for like Budweiser or something. Um, the mood is very like, Oh, we're driving up to the the mountains. We're hopping out of the car. It's very like natural. Um, very, you know, happy go lucky, just having fun. And you're kind of just like quote unquote, capturing the moment of, of these people having fun to sell a product. Um, if you're doing more of a fashion shoot, um, and you're working with an agency model. Uh, usually what I like to do is, is put together a mood board. And so I might see something that um, inspires me. And, and I think like, oh, it'd be cool to do a shoot like that or to to put together a shoot that has this kind of mood or ha- that has this kind of, um, I guess, storytelling aspect to it. And so usually I'll try to find a model that fits the shoot that I'm trying to do. Um, and... I'll send a mood board, which is essentially you could, you could build one on Pinterest or you can build one, um, you know, on, there's a few other sites where you can just pull different images or color themes or outfits and kind of just put together like a, like a vision board. And then they can take that and, um, kind of know like the mood you're going for. So they know how to, to pose or how to do, um, their makeup or anything like that. Uh, but usually like say if, if I'll have that mood board, I'll send that to a model, I'll send it to the makeup artist and the person that does the hair. And then if, you know, sometimes if I have a stylist, I'll send it to them too. Um, and so everyone is on the same page with the, with the, I guess the concept or the direction that you're going with the shoot. Um, and whenever you're shooting someone who's a model versus, um, maybe just one of your friends or someone that uh, maybe hasn't modeled before, there's a notable difference. Um, I It's hard to explain unless you, are, you're, you see someone that knows how to pose and is very body aware because they, it's almost like you once all the, all the work goes into the back end of creating the mood, finding the location, the lighting, styling, hair, makeup, and then, if the model knows how to pose, then, then you just shoot. Um, and, and sometimes I do have an idea of how I want to frame things or how I might want to crop an image to get them to pose in a certain way or get them to lean this way, or let's try this over here, like against this wall or ladder, or, um, I want to get you like running down this, this hill or whatever it is. But, uh, someone who's experienced in, in modeling and has been doing it for a while, you can just tell them like a mood you're going for and they're like, they got it. And they, that's wild. And they, yeah, it's, it's, it's so wild. It, it made me have such a, a respect for people that know how to know what they're doing because it makes a world of difference. Um, and I don't know where it comes from. Like if they, if they just spend hours practicing yeah, their probably. poses, it's, it's a creative, that's their art, huh? That's their craft, right? Yeah. You don't have anybody out there saying uh, the Ricky Bobby, like, what do I do with my hands? Right, exactly. Um, and I, I can empathize with that because, you know, m- me and Annie are, are, are really natural together in real life. 
but you put a camera in front of us for like family photos, dude, and it's like we want us to kiss. Oh, oh yeah, like never done this day. before. Good day, milady. <laughs> like it's like this really awkward thing. Um, something I wanted to ask you because I, I was um, kind of scrolling through some of your some of your images and, and one that I loved. So I, I grew I know you grew up like skating. You probably rode, I don't know, there was, there was a big Razor scooter phase for a while and BMX. And so I grew up on, <laughs> I grew up on, on two wheels, man. I was a, I was a 20 inch BMXer, just like, you know, watching the X games. I had all the, um, the magazines and, and, you know, probably had three ride BMX, I think was my favorite magazine. And, um, one of my favorite photo shoots you've done is, is this, the, the skating one with, with a buddy of yours and Lululemon. Yeah. How, how much fun was that? blending like two year you know, let's say 12 year old ryan with 30 plus year old ryan um and and how much of like the images you probably looked at growing up went into you creating these images for for him and for lulu oh it it, it was a dream shoot it's it's it, what's funny is so adam is actually a he is a designer he he does branding um hand lettering and he's and he's a designer here in denver and he he's worked with some some massive clients he's he's one of the better known ones here in in colorado um and spectacular calves as well but i should just oh add. yeah he's insanely total calf <laughs> total calf yeah oh i'm right there with you. and and we we actually would go to the denver skate park and skateboard so it's it was one of those things where um he got approached by Lululemon to uh, work with them. Um, it's going to be an ongoing partnership and they wanted to have photos of just him doing what he does for fitness um, and just in Lululemon. So what he, he's a super active guy, rock climbs, runs, skateboards. <clears throat> so we wanted to do something different um, since, you know, Lululemon doesn't have like a ton of skateboarding and we, <clears throat> went to the skate park at sunrise and basically Adam just skated and I, I, you know, found some, some spots with, with good lighting and just had him skate. And it, it didn't hurt that he's actually like really good at skateboarding. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where it, it was like, if I could do shoots like that every day for, um, the rest of my life, it, it would be awesome. Um, and it, as someone who grew up skateboarding, you can always tell, uh, I guess, when someone's taking a photo that of a skateboarder that doesn't skateboard or um, the person that put together the shoot doesn't have a lot of knowledge behind mm-hmm. what the photos are, are maybe like not supposed to look like, but what what makes a good skate photo. Um, you know, you'll see like some brands and they'll post like someone you know, doing like a Ollie and the person's like not even leaving the ground and the caption will be like, you know, um, Ollie into the holiday season. And you're just like, Oh man, like, (laughs) you know, you, it just, (laughs) it's, it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, no, I get it, dude. Yeah. I mean, some of the pictures you have it, some some of the pictures you, you, you've posted, the photos you've posted, I mean, you know, it, it looks like he's 20 feet in the air, right? And he's and he's doing so, you know, his feet aren't even on the board, and you're like, how in the hell is he going to land? And, and you're and you're trying to capture this very fluid, beautiful movement in a still frame. And I think you did a great job. And that's, I mean, that's 
you know, we, so we used to take pictures of ourselves like with leftover disposable cameras from like family weddings and stuff. Um, and it's like, shik, 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 click, oh yeah, shik, 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 click. And so, you, you know, you we'd take twenty pictures, and it would be one of us off the ground. The rest of them, like, we're we're past the camera, right. or like we're just leaving the ground. But uh, anyway, yeah, that that was one. You know, always you know, just staring at those magazines for hours. That, that I was like, man, these are these are badass. And I loved, you know, I I like Lululemon as well. I think it's a really cool brand, and it was a cool. Uh, it's not just, you know, runners or uh, CrossFitters or whatever, you know, it's, it's taking it into like a lifestyle and an extreme sport, which is really cool. So, yeah, yeah I think they're they're It's it's cool to see them working with more artists and people that are are in a space other than CrossFit and yoga. Um, I, yeah. I, I love Lululemon stuff. I'm actually wearing it right now. Um, yeah, me so too. It's, if it's they ever cool. want to, if they ever want to sponsor a, uh, you know, if, if they need a work from home attire sponsor, <laughs> yeah. dude, I am the guy. I mean, man, am I the only one who's like representing his own work here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that a Lulu shirt or? <sighs> Shoot, man, this is a uh, straight off printify.com. Yes. <laughs> You guys want to talk about the artist's lifestyle? I'm making my own clothes over here. I'm saying, hey, if you don't man. promote yourself, who will? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I did want to hit on a couple of personal, a little more personal questions. They're still photography adjacent. Um, your girlfriend is also a photographer. Yep. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like, seems pretty obvious from social media, mm-hmm. but I shouldn't be too assumptive. Uh, I was wondering what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who shares a creative passion because Katie does not write, but I think if she did, it would severely impact our relationship. And I don't know if it's like for the better or for the worse, it would just be like, that's so, it consumes so much of my mind share anyway to then have both of us focused on it all the time. I don't really have a a neat way to ask this other than like, what's that like? Is it, do you feel like it's been awesome? Has it been a struggle at times? No, it's, it's, it's funny because we talk about this all the time. Um, so photography is actually the reason we met. Uh, there was a photography workshop in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and I had just got my cameras like a few months in and saw this workshop was going on. And, and a few of the mentors that were there were some pretty good photographers and it's people I looked up to. And um, I couldn't find anybody to go with me. Uh, so I just went alone. Um, I didn't know anybody there. It was like I paid to go to this workshop and just like wanted to meet some other photographers um, and ended up becoming really good friends with it's still to this day, the people that were at the workshop and, um, Shelly was actually, uh, one of the people at the workshop and we, we didn't, um, we didn't really talk that much. I think we might've had a drink, you know, uh, something like that, but we didn't really, um, we didn't really talk a ton. Um, and over the course of like a year, um, you know, we'd, we'd like messages like friends or, you know, things like that, but, the workshop was happening again in Colorado in Estes Park, 
Um, and you know, we were both going and, uh, went to the workshop and, uh, yeah, it was, it was from that Colorado workshop in Estes park that, um, we kind of started dating, but, um, and, and obviously now like Shelly's moved from San Diego to Colorado and we, we've lived together. She's, she's, uh, we've been living together since March. Um, but what's funny is we, we met because of photography and we rarely talk about photography. Um, I think it's because it's it's Shelly's full-time job. She is a wedding photographer. She's built an incredible business for herself. Um, she's really well-known in that industry, especially in California, and then moved all her business to Colorado um, whenever she, she moved here to, to be with me, um, which is not an easy task. Um, and I think, I don't know if it's because like it's her full-time job and when Shelly goes to work, she picks up her camera and she uses her camera for work. And when she comes home, she she edits, of course, and you know does her SEO and works in her website. And it's a lot of work there. But um, we don't talk about photography a ton. Um, I don't know if it's because we have totally different styles, or you know, it's more of like a, a job thing for her. Um, I mean, she loves what she does, but it's also a like that is the job. Like when we go on the trips, like we do a road trip, I'm the one that brings the cameras and I'm like nerding out and like making her pose. She doesn't bring any of her cameras whenever we go on trip. She's like, I'm, I have my camera in my hand all day. So the last thing I want to do when we go on vacation is put the camera in my hand. And for me, I'm like, I'm off work. This is my time to shoot like 24 seven. Um, so yeah, it's funny how it's, it's the, it's the reason we met, but it's not really what we initially connected on and what kind of brought us together. It's, uh, we met through photography, but it's not, um, it's not something that like, uh, it's not something we talk about a ton. It's, it's, um, so you wouldn't think if she, if she said tomorrow, I'm done, I, I don't want to take pictures anymore. I'm done with this. I really don't like taking photographs anymore. It wouldn't change a thing. Just be like, Oh cool. What, what do you want to do next? Yeah, no, I not really like, Oh, I'm losing a piece of me. Remember that part when we met and whatever. Oh no, definitely not. I mean, you know, it goes back to just, it's photography is like something that we both do, but it's not, um, it's not like a, it's, it's not like it's so tied to our identity and relationship that it's, um, you know, it's like a, that it's that important. Like, you know, if, if she were, if she yeah. were to say, I'm, I'm done with it, you know, I'm going to open up a wedding venue and just kind of focus on that. Um, I'd be totally supportive. It, it, we, we don't, we, we, we also have totally different like styles and, and sometimes we, we shoot, totally different things. She- Shelly shoots couples and weddings, elopements, engagements, um, family sessions. I shoot, you know, whatever I shoot, like lifestyle portrait yeah. stuff, some, some landscape. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's so it, we both are photographers, but it's, it's, it's com- like, I, I have like all my film cameras and I'm, I'm shooting on Fujifilm digital. She shoots on Nikon and has like the workhorses that get the job done for her jobs. And it's like, it's, it's a totally different thing. It's like, yeah, it's just, we don't, we don't talk about How it. Do you... Sure. Fujifilm versus Nikon. It's like apples and oranges. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It all. I mean, oh, to me it is. <laughs> <laughs> what, how, how hard is it? Uh, because this is something, you know, you, you see people will, will you know, you, how hard is it to be in the moment when you're snapping a picture of the moment? Or snapping pictures of the moment, right? 
you, you know, the, the constant joke of like you get a nice plate of food delivered to you or a wonderful coffee and it's like, oh, hold on. Move the plate around. So do you have you found a balance to like being in those moments versus capturing those moments or maybe it's one and the same? You know, it's it's one of those things where I don't know if it's I think it's it's something about carrying the camera with me and shooting uh, makes the moment become a little more like I pay attention to what's going on more when I have my camera. Um, and there are definitely times where I put the camera away and, and I'm not I'm not shooting every single moment, um, you know, or anything like that. But right. You know, no. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. But like ready to go to sl- ready to go to sleep. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Let me get a quick photo. Um <laughs> You know, it is one of those things where I kind of just try to have it with me so that um, it, it it brings out the moment a little bit more because I'm paying attention to things that I wouldn't normally pay attention to. Um, and it's it's kind of like those – It's what I like to compare it to is it's, it's a lot like um, – it's all like growing up skateboarding too. Like we talked about this. Like when you grow up skateboarding – like everything is like a ledge or a rail or a skate yeah. spot. It's not just, oh, there's a building, you know, the out, downtown. It's like, oh, there's a building, but there's like a little ledge right here. And there's like a stair set over here. And you could come and like do this gap and then maybe hit like this thing across the street. And it makes you look at things a little bit differently. And when I started shooting, um, it's the same thing. Like I start to look at things a little differently. Like, oh, there's some leading lines. Like, there's really good lighting here or that composition would look really cool. It's like, I'm always kind of looking through the viewfinder in a way since I kind of started shooting. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, I guess it's a balance. Like I try to bring it with me wherever I go, but also like, um, after I feel like I got a few photos, like I just put the camera away and I'm never, uh, I'm never like so taken in a way that it's like, I, I'm not really there. I think if anything, it just, it brings, it brings, I guess more of the moment. Yeah, I get it. Yes. Yeah. When I do have the camera. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to take a hard left turn. <laughs> Go for it. What is, what's one thing you were just nailing in your relationship with Shelly that you're just like, like I'm crushing this, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if many people would say that. Like, I think if anything, I would, I would maybe say, uh, is everything okay? Yeah, everything, everything's great. Right? Everything is awesome. Um, I think, I think the fact that I think dating someone that's on, on the same page as you and wants the same things out of life that you do is really important. Um, and that makes things a lot easier because it's, you're not trying to, you're both on the same page and, and, and kind of like, um, want the same things out of life. So it's, it's, it just makes things really easy. I think maybe if there's anything that we're doing really well, it's, it's, it's communication. Um, and some people would, would think this is crazy, but, and it's not something that I, that I made up, but we do kind of this, uh, this like this like check-in like every like few months. Um, and I forget where I got it from, but it's like each person goes and says, uh, one thing it's, it's like something they think they're doing well, 
um, something they think the other person is doing re- really well, and then what they would like to see more of in the relationship. And we do that usually over, you know, like some wine and or something like that. It's not like this like hardcore like meeting kind of thing. Um, and we have a notebook and, you know, we kind of just like talk about some of those things that maybe we like to see more of in the relationship. And when we meet up again in the next like few months, we, we, we can see if we did the things we said we were going to do or, you know, we didn't. And it's not, I, I know this is, it's, this is going to make some people cringe. Um, but you know, I've been in you know relationships where maybe the communication wasn't the best and, you know, it's like when you, instead of waiting until, you know, a moment when, you know, maybe there's some anger or like, you know, some resentment, you kind of just have something on the calendar to where when you, when you check in, um, maybe you can talk about some of those things that you've wanted to talk about for a little while or, you know, that you, yeah. that you're really stoked that the other person is, is, has been doing in the relationship. Um, so I guess, I guess maybe communication would be the thing that, you know, I were quote unquote crushing, but I mean, as you know, like, uh, I don't think our relationships ever like, a like a finished product. It's, a living, like it's like a living thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, also thing. we went from being long distance to being quarantined together. So it's, it's been, um, you know, it's, it's maybe different than like a traditional, like way people would like go about things. But, um, yeah, I think. Wait, you wait. You didn't. Uh, you didn't court her. No boarding. No Amish style. Like, that's the traditional way, dude. That's how it's got to be done. You sleep with yeah. the board in the middle. Bundling bags. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're still doing separate <laughs> bedrooms too. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, dude, I, nice. I really, I really like. You know, it, it's cool. Me and Andy have talked about this, and it's, gosh, with with two kids, it ends up being like you know a whirlwind of of events every single day, every single week, but. I like that it gives you a structured, like safe place to bring. Cause I, I'm a firm believer. You have to rock the boat a little bit. Nobody's perfect. We're so busy, right? It, it gives you the chance to kind of teeter totter the boat a little bit without flipping the boat over. Um, and I think that's a really mature and a really cool way to go about that. Um, because otherwise, you know, it, it, it comes out in, well, why do you load the dishwasher this way? I can't stand that. Like, right. and it's like, it's not about the dishwasher, right? Right. It's more probably about <laughs> my need to control things. <laughs> and so having that, that space and that time to do that, that's really cool, man. And I'm sure being, you know what I hate requires that, you know what I hate about it, which I also love about it is it makes complete logical, wise sense when you talk about it in a relationship and it's almost exactly what I, and I assume you guys also, have to do on a weekly basis at work <laughs> with our team space check-in. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Cisco, for listeners, Cisco has something that all their employees do every single week. And it's like a 10-minute exercise where you say, last week, I got a chance to use my strengths every day, agree or disagree. And it has two questions on there uh, about if you felt like you contributed or if you felt like something, your needs weren't being met. And then what do you need from 
your manager or leader. And those are basically your questions, right? Like, what's good? What's bad? What do you need yeah. from me? It's like, what did you love doing this week? And then what did you loathe doing this week? Loathe. Loathe. What a yeah, word. that's it. And And yet there it is. It's like, how do you make sure that you have happy employees? Well, we got to start by communicating properly. And I guess I hate seeing it systemized. Yeah. Same. Because I like the romance of it in a relationship, but really like systemizing it is the best thing you could possibly do. Put it on the calendar. Let's have a chat. Yep. Totally agree. All right. Moving, uh, moving along because me and Tommy, we're like grandpas here, man. <laughs> this is. T- <laughs> I can feel my eye, my blinks are getting slow. I've been admiring Tommy's uh, pajama hoodie this whole time. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. That's Chubby's it right looks there. Comfy. That's a Chubby's hoodie, man. It is. It's it's actually probably too hot for North Carolina. Or too <laughs> yeah, it's too warm for North Carolina to be perfect for Colorado. Jeez. But I, I my, feel like Tommy could do some Chubby's modeling. He's oh, been man. rocking their gear for yeah. years. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> skies out, thighs out all day, every day. I although you know the skies out, thighs out thing. Um, it's probably a, it's probably a better fit for someone like uh, like Ryan. Uh, you know my. So actually, this is going to go way back to the beginning, Dusty. But with your three hundred and fifty pound squat. But I have the femurs of like Dikembe Mutombo, man. I have really long femurs, <laughs> and so the the place from the knee to the meat of the of the quad is not. It's a lot of space there. But uh, Varga and I met um, at some random CrossFit box crawl. Yeah. Um, that was before you worked at Cisco, wasn't it? Yeah, I was still at uh, and, Lenovo. Yeah, and and we were just randomly put on the same like team, and uh, did did a clean ladder together. And yep. I was like, I was like this, I was like this dude's pretty cool. I like him. <laughs> I, I could hang out with him. And then, uh, and then our paths continued to kind of like weave. Uh, one of the guys that I worked out with at like a big Globo gym, Bill Huang, was one of oh, like yeah. Vargas. Is he's like a childhood friend or college friend? You've known him for a while. Yeah, I, I met him after um, college. He was actually in Denver um, like a month ago uh, visiting. Oh, yeah, I got a picture from you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were I, like, let's I, take I a picture for to Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then, then our paths continue to cross, like, in, you know, the downtown scene and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, anyway, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, except for that I think uh, Vargas probably got better quads for Chubbies than I do. But, uh <laughs> I got short stuff. He'll lose the thread. Here, here we're, we're we're an hour into a podcast, and I've complimented a guy's calves, quads, Dusty's beard. <laughs> <laughs> I need Listen, to get back what, in the gym. What I was going to say: what man who works on their body regularly does it doesn't have one part that they're going to nitpick <laughs> just to pieces. <laughs> the the amount of times. Katie has had since we got the Peloton. Like, I really think the Peloton's been good for like quad hypertrophy. <laughs> and the number of times she's had to deal with me like rolling up a short <laughs> leg to, to bear like my snow white hairy thigh and be like, What do you think? <laughs> Check it out. You got to give the nice toe point, hope it doesn't cramp up. <laughs> the Peloton will build the, the oh, quads so- for sure. It's oh, yeah, happening, yeah. man. I've uh, I just crossed my hundred thread Congrats. last week. I love Good it for you. That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you guys. That's that's why we have this podcast so I can talk about yeah, my your milestones. <laughs> uh, no, that no, that was the Cheeto Dust so, podcast. 
That really was. I'm trying to I'm trying to branch out these days. So we'll uh, we'll do some quick hitter questions here, and then uh, did you want to stay on with us for the the weekly segments? The we're not really strangers random card pull. Sure, I'm I'm happy to. Okay, beautiful. So we'll uh, we'll roll through these questions pretty quick. Um, these are more. Tommy and I came up with most of these, but they're kind of the Tim Ferriss style. Like, let's what. What type of cereal are you? Questions. All right. Uh, so the first one, what purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life mm. in the last six months to a year? So it's a little more than $100, but so I I am really big on making coffee at home. Um, I have the whole setup and been doing it for years. And for whatever reason, I was using a hand grinder, uh, a burr grinder, which is a hand grinder for, <laughs> man, I don't know, like five years every morning. Um, and it, it broke whenever quarantine started. And I was like, I'm finally going to get a new grinder. And I got an Encore Barazza, uh burr grinder and it's been a game changer (laughs) i use it every morning um and it's it's not a hand grinder and it just has made my life so much better and i don't know why i waited so long to yeah to get one um well the early settlers would be would be very proud of you (laughs) uh, for your fortitude in hand grinding your (laughs) i i still just use a little mallet and pound every bean <laughs> like the pepper yeah. the pepper grinder <laughs> Ding. Yeah. did uh i i have to ask just because i'm curious was that counterculture coffee any good blueberry yes. and a coffee yes i've been drinking it every day this week i had a chemex full today um yeah and and thank you both for sending that that's like the the most perfect thing i could ever get in the mail it was awesome um and the coffee is delicious and what's more important is the roast Happy date was it, like man a day or two before it got here, which is like awesome. So it's like basically like you want to consume coffee within 30 days of the day of, of the roast date. And it was roasted like a couple or a few days before it got here in the mail. I was like, Oh, this is like super fresh. And, uh, it's been, well, you know, I planned it that way. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, no chance was that dumb luck. <laughs> All right. If you could go to a concert with any three artists, bands, living or dead, who would they be, and who is the headliner? Oh man, I think it'd probably be Led Zeppelin, um, My Morning Jacket, and uh, MF Doom, who's a who's a hip hop artist, and I and I'd say that Led Zeppelin probably headlining. Got it. They have to be the headliners. Yeah. yeah. Probably I should give that to them. <laughs> can I can I sell you on some Zoso? <laughs> sell me on who? Some Zoso, the the Led Zeppelin cover band oh, in Raleigh. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll listen to them too. Not gonna, not gonna lie. I went to one of their concerts and I was like, I this feels very authentic. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because even his antics. That's awesome. I, I my dad uh, grew up 
really loving Led Zeppelin and he's seen him live a ton of times. And I, I, I think I saw Robert Plant at Bonnaroo like in 2010 or 11, but I wish I would have uh, been able to see all of Led Zeppelin like when they're still touring. I wonder if we went to Bonnaroo the same year. I went to Bonnaroo around that same time. Possibly. I went a, a, cu- a couple or a few years in a row, so we probably were there at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. Ah, Music Chan- Fest, remember those? Connections. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, right. I love those. I'd love some live music right now. You guys were just meant to be. <laughs> uh, what is this? Is kind of a tough question. Um, it's a weird one. What is the last idea that you were convinced was one hundred percent true, but currently no longer believe? Consider one hundred percent true and now no longer believe. Um, think like one of the biggest i don't know and i i look at this question and it's it's it was hard for me to think of something specific but um coming from three guys who you know are are still still living in still in the corporate world and you know still still doing our thing um i think for the longest time i think i i still had the belief that uh maybe that that track was like the the safer track and it was the track that you're going to make the most money. Um, and I think in the last year, two years, I've, I've seen one that I've seen that, you know, it's not always the safest, um, the safest spot, especially, you know, when, when there's a pandemic and then honestly meeting creatives who are crushing what, you know, some of our directors or whatever would do at, in the corporate world has made me really rethink, um, you know, how, how, how we make money. And, you know, I'm, I'm not in one of those places right now. Like I'm, I'm still at Cisco. I'm still doing, you know, photography on the side, but just seeing how some of those people were actually safer during a pandemic. And, and you know, Nassim Talib talks a lot about this and anti-fragile if, if, you, if either of you ever read it, but the people that had the side hustles or were, were in control of, um, their output, uh, you know, I saw some of them thrive during this time, um, and even make, you know, way more money than I I thought you could make unless you were a corporate VP. Um, so it's, it's been an eye opener in that way. And I I think it, you know, somewhere deep down, I thought that the, the corporate track was like the, and and maybe, you know, you always hear that it's, 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 you know, it's, there's like, uh, you know, it's not always the safest option, but I think it, it, you know, in the back of my head, I still thought it was like the, the safer option or the, you know, the one where you could make the most. And then I think I've just really been expanded by what I've seen people outside of that world do and what they can, uh, you know, make for themselves. And I think that has been like a big, like eye opener. Um, and I, and I think, you know, since the pandemic happening and a lot of, uh, the way we do business moving online, I think it's, it's kind of the beginning of, of a lot of this stuff. Um, I think, I think we're going to see just even more decentralization of how people do business or a lot more direct to consumer. Um, and I think we're going to, we're going to see some really creative and technologically creative stuff happen in the next, um, you know, five to 10 years. And it's, it's just been like an eye opener, like, Oh, like, 
I mean, the internet, I mean, you could, the internet is, is insane. <laughs> you can do anything I, I on was, the internet. And I was you telling can, some friends about this the other day that, like, that they were like, oh, they, they were sending stuff about this guy, Jake Paul. And oh yeah. True, the guy that, true to the boss, true, yeah. true to my age. I'm like, who the hell is Jake Paul? Right. I have no idea. And they're like, yeah, he's got like 15 million or hundred million YouTube subscribers. And I'm like, for like, what does he do? And they're like, he just does dumb stuff. He wants to box Conor McGregor or fight Conor McGregor. Yeah. 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 But this, this guy's a, you know, a multi, you know, tens of millions of air. And he, what is that? I, I don't know how to get there. I have no idea. It's just such like an old curmudgeon. Ugh. Yeah. Or even people that, you know, <laughs> nine to five, even people that sell their, you know, online education or, you know, from 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 their craft, you know, people that want to learn, you, you know, they don't. For people that don't want to necessarily go to university, I mean, it's just, yeah, the the barriers are are not there anymore, and it's it's just really yeah. interesting to see, and um, yeah, it's just been a big eye opener. Yeah, I would just say that topic is something I would love to earmark for a future conversation because I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying about the traditional idea of a stable career versus the way to really be happy and find success. Even something as antiquated as like a 40 hour work week. Like what is it about working 40 hours that makes that a good number? Right. It's like, there's really nothing to relay it to except for really old labor laws. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll we'll have to tackle that a uh, another time. I, I think I'm, I'm going to ask this just one question. last thing. I think if anybody is you know interested in just diving deeper into that, um, Dustin, I know you're a fan, but uh, I would say Naval Ravikant. Um, maybe just go listen to either some of the podcasts he's done, or uh, this guy Eric Jorgensen just put out a book called The Almanac of Naval, which is essentially just a compilation of Naval's podcasts, tweet storms. Um, he is the founder and CEO of angel list. Um, but he also likes to philosophize on, uh, Twitter and podcasts and things like that. But he has some really interesting ideas on how we're living in an age of infinite leverage and how people are using it to, I mean, just literally change their lives. Uh, it's, it's, it's a deep convo or a deep topic we could go into, but I would say that anybody just interested, just, uh, Google Naval Ravikant or, or maybe check out the Almanac of Naval. Um, I read that book twice this year and it, it's, it's changed my, my thought process completely. That's awesome. Yeah. I've had it on the, uh, I've had it in the queue. My book queue's gotten pretty long, <laughs> but I'll get to it. We'll have to, we'll have to reconnect. Um, so I'm going to ask this question then I'm, I'm going to ghost for like two minutes cause I have to pee really bad. Tommy, That's fine. And, hey, I mean, and, and dude, and dude, you know, we're, we're well, I mean, if, if you want to, depending on how bad you have to pee, we, we can, we can start to kind of roll this up. Cause, uh, your boy's getting a little sleepy over here. I'll be, uh, I'll be a quick pee. And when I get back, we'll do the weekly segments. Yeah. Um, the one I, the question I wanted to hear, ah, you pick a question. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> I'll be back. Let's go simple. Here's the easy one for you. Okay. Or, or you know what? Let's just use this time to say, what's up, man? What's up, dude? It's been a while. I know, man. It's been a long time, um, man. Yeah. Do you guys make it back to North Carolina much at all? Or, we're, or we, really? were, we were supposed to be there for Thanksgiving. Um, and then just with cases rising and 
yeah. people urging people not to travel. We decided to nix it last minute. Um, and we're actually supposed to be in New York right now too, um, for Christmas, but canceled that too. So we were supposed to be in North Carolina several times this year and it got canceled. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been there in, um, maybe like a year, but maybe more, but yeah, it's, uh, it's because of the COVID thing. Um, we were supposed to be there earlier in the year and then later in the year, but I'll I get out there you, soon. Maybe, maybe like January. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how, we'll see how things yeah, I, yeah. Right. I, I know. Like, it's like the world keeps getting. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't do like, like we've been doing. I have so many dollars and miles on Delta airlines available to me right now. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, we'll do. Yeah. De- definitely. Um, you know, hopefully in the spring you guys can make it out here and we'll have to all meet up. I hope so. Dusty, Dusty, we just used the time to say what's up. We didn't ask any questions. Okay, cool. Um, you should see if you can turn those uh, Diamond Club miles in for like a branded cooler or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm like the living. Uh, what was that movie uh, Up? Oh up. yeah, yeah. With uh, Are you up in the air, the air balloon, George Clooney. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of up in the air. Uh, up in the air. Gotcha. Yeah. Dusty, Dusty, your audio or your your microphone's gone again. It must have switched when you. It's probably going through like your headphones or something when you took them out. Yep. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, George Clooney Gosh, and uh, sound like a, sound like a chump. Oh, you sound better here. now. There you go, man. That Boom! Good. I'm back. Yeah, George Clooney, Anna Kendrick, directed Anna Kendrick. by Jason Reitman. I'm very that familiar one. with the film. So why don't we before we get into the uh, before we get into the the, uh, the the segments here? Because I know movies, Tommy. <laughs> That's your thing. But you don't know Christmas movies. You don't know Christmas movies. It's a, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. It strikes a different chord with people. Why don't we do this, Dusty, and, and then we can get into like the wrap-up, and, and maybe you can – here. You can edit it in. <laughs> Boom. And, and maybe we sh- maybe you could do an intro. I don't know. But um, since Ryan is a, is a creative, maybe you can tell us, Ryan, like where people can find you, where they can look you up, and if they're interested in a shoot, how they can connect with you. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, if you want to see some of my photos, they can go to Instagram. Uh, it's riceroni or at riceroni, r y c e r o n i, and I actually was able to get that URL. So riceroni dot com is my photography website. Boom. Um, yeah, that's probably. I mean, you can find my contact info on there. But if you wanted to see any of my photos, um, that's probably the best way to look at them. Yeah, uh, I highly encourage it. It's a nice. Uh, as you're scrolling through and it's full of, you know, memes and barstool sports and so forth, it's nice to get some nice quality, good content um, that you can print and put on your wall and never tell them that you still. I'm kidding, I didn't do that. <laughs> I need to get a print shop going. But yeah, it's it's some it's some good content. It's his his photos just kind of give you. I don't know. It's like a breath of fresh air as you're scrolling through social media. It's like ah, that that feels good. That looks good. That would be the funniest thing in the world if you just <laughs> digitally stole his work and when he came to visit sometime like in the distant the future. <laughs> if it was just like a screenshot of my whole Insta layout, just like printed, yeah. like the, the grid, like with the whole grid is printed. It's all pixelated. You can't even make it yeah. out. But it's like, yeah, this is fine art. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like anybody else would be complimented except the person who you actually stole their work. <laughs> 
All right. Weekly segment. So uh, for those who haven't listened to the three prior episodes. Um, First of all, how you. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> we, uh, we have a deck of cards called We're Not Really Strangers. Uh, highly suggest following We're Not Really Strangers on Instagram. Great account. But we bought the self-reflection edition, so 52 questions. Uh, we pull one here. We all take our shot at answering it. But, you know, usually it's something that is worth five to ten minutes of your own time to think about. And, uh, you know, we, we should just go ahead and name this segment something like Finding Ourselves. Yeah. You know, something that goes with the brand. Yeah. But uh, the we'll question this week. Yeah, we're, hey, by episode 25, this thing is going to be well-oiled. Put in the reps. Yep. <laughs> That's right. We're finding ourselves. It's, it's right there in the name. Uh, question this week. What am I wearing when I have the best time? What do I always regret wearing? Interesting. Glad I have a couple of chubbies fashionistas. <laughs> uh, anything with extremely short inseams, <laughs> I feel great. Uh, do, Ryan, do you want to go first? You want me to take a stab at that one? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, you're talking, you're talking about clothes, right? Like, what are you always wearing Could when be. you're having the best time? Could be. Hey, it could yeah. be a smile, man. It's an open. It's. I'll yeah. show you this question. It's like you. What are you it's wearing? Open ended. I think honestly, it's like I'm wearing some jeans, a t-shirt, and uh, probably probably some Vans. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's like the more comfortable I am. Like usually, the usually I'm having a better time. Um, I think maybe what I've always regret wearing is. Maybe some maybe some selvage denim that has not quite been worn in yet. When it's mm, super mm. tight, it I I'm always thinking about it, and I'm like, it's never. I mean, it it might look good, but like I'm never that comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I I know I'm having a good time if I'm. Uh, you know, I, I just love flannels. Fall, winter is is my are, are my seasons, and if I have a nice, comfy flannel on, the pair of jeans, probably a pair of like, you know, Vans, I'm having a good time. I'm relaxed. Um, something I, what I regret wearing is is when I either wear like a white undershirt, or if I wear a sweater over like a button down, and it's just a little bit too tight in the armpits. The, the mm. entire time I'm doing whatever, it's just hurts and it's cutting it off. Um, so, yeah. If and if we're talking yeah, about this philosophically, what I hate, what I always regret wearing, is a is a bad mood. Exactly. Negativity. Pessimism. Yeah, I, Pessimism. Exactly. I always have the best time when I'm wearing a smile. <laughs> yeah. You know. And nothing else. <laughs> just a smile. <laughs> We're far Couldn't enough in. They know, we're far enough in. They know what this is about. Yeah, yeah. Only the true believers at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I 
I think when I'm having the best time, and this is a a little philosophical, but it's still related. I think I'm always having the best time when I'm wearing athletic shoes. Like, it could be my basketball shoes, it could be my running shoes, it could be my nanos, my CrossFit shoes. You know, those really never come on for something mundane. The times I put on, like, the the shiny shoes, the nice shoes, the shoes that are worn for other people, like, yeah... The, that's the type of shoes I would wear with like the, the tight sweater over the collared yeah. shirt that I'm pulling at the arms, right? Uh, so I don't really ever wear my running shoes out to like do social things. I wear these shoes when I do things for me. Yeah. And it's almost always when I'm having the best time. Uh, I always regret wearing... I guess it it is in the same vein as those shoes, which is like when I'm when I'm taking a swing at something fashion wise, and I'm trying like trying on a new personality, and it just doesn't nine nine times out of ten it doesn't work right. The, like the, you know the fedora dusty. You don't want to see the fedora. Is the fedora dusty? <laughs> exactly. Let me. Let well, me, now that I've had now that I've had a second to just reflect on on all the goodness, I'm gonna change mine if that's okay. I don't want to. I don't want to belabor this this point this segment because I know it's supposed to be like your first thought. I will. I what what really when I, when I'm really having the best time, I actually have on something that I don't care about, and the reason why is usually means I'm wrestling with the kids on the floor or we're like jumping around in leaves or I'm tackling Everett in the yard playing football or whatever. And so when I'm wearing something like it happened tonight, I had on a, like a work shirt and we're wrestling and I'm like, Hey, don't rip. You can't rip my shirt. When I have on something that I don't care about, we just go after it. And that's, you know, you know, whether, you know, we're hanging out, whatever. So that's now that I've had a second to reflect on it. That's, that's really where, where I land. It's a good point. I love that. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Um, I think I'm at a point where I don't really actually regret wearing that many things, which is is probably like the joke we make about how like all dads fashion freezes. Oh yeah, they have the apex of whoever they were. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) It's like this is this is the larva stage of how that happens. Like I no longer regret what I wear which means I'm done taking <laughs> chances, which means I'm done evolving. It's well, like, like my clothes are what they are. White white vans will someday become the Nike monarchs of our children's oh, yeah. or grandchildren's generation, and I'm still going to be wearing them bad boys. There's a 100% chance. Not the monarchs, but the vans. Oh, yeah. I can't wait till you explain to your kids what you paid for those common projects. Hey, oh, I got a pair too. As well, yeah. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. gosh, <laughs> man, life is good. I got yeah. These are like <laughs> this was like some time ago, and rent was a little cheaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you like how uh, Tommy? I respect you for not buckling into a pseudo apology. Not going to apologize for it. Worked hard for them, bad boys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. 
Last thing, and then we'll get out of here, guys. The, the last thing we do here, I Ryan, is we really just make... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're back. Yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay. Last thing we do here is we just make a recommendation about absolutely anything. Anything you're into at all. TV show, product, book. Um, probably a hair conditioner by looking at you. Mm-hmm. Tommy and I don't need it, but maybe our, I haven't maybe our listeners would. Oh my god! Oh, it's all natural. You know, maybe he's born with it, right? <laughs> now, look, don't don't change. I washed my hair way too much. Where do you think it went? Uh, yeah. So, Dusty, so uh, you, you what do you got, got, Tommy? Yeah, dude. So, um, I'll stay on the theme of of coffee from last week, uh, and this one's probably a little bit closer for me because I, I know the owners; they're good people. So, Fount Coffee. Uh, out of Morrisville, they're literally right off of 540, um, and uh, they make incredible coffee. Uh, incredible, you know, from from just a pure drip to you know something that might have a little holiday flavor to it or or whatever. Um, they're also really conscious about their food. Everything's uh, gluten free. It's vegan food, um, and so uh, you can feel good about eating there if that's kind of your thing. And in combination with that, Varga is is aware of what I'm about to say, but they have a, a roast that they did with a company called Black and White Coffee out of Wake Forest. And Dusty, I think I told you this too. Um, but this- somebody came at me with this when I posted on Instagram. Uh, when Varga posted his coffee, somebody came at me with this Black and White, and I didn't yeah. know what it was. They're like one so, of the top so- in the country right now, I think. Yeah, so I, I had this cup of coffee this past week, and I was like, man, that was good. And I, I already had to buy a bag of coffee. Now, let me just say it was not inexpensive. Probably 2 to 3x what I would pay for a normal bag of coffee. Um, but its flavor is, it's like a cinnamon, red berry. Like, I won't even do it in the drip coffee. I'll only do it, like, in a French press. But... Uh, well, Black- that's still like one one hundredth what you would pay for a pair of plain white sneakers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm not rolling in it, man. So you know, put it this way: I didn't know it was going to cost what it cost, and then they hit me with the hit me with it, and I, at that point, there's no backing out. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> you can't do it. I'll take one bag of coffee. That's twenty five bucks. Psych. <laughs> Hold on, let me call my pay. <laughs> I don't know if I have. Do you guys do payment yeah, plans on these? Yeah, yeah. There's a Kevin Hart joke in here about you know, see what happens with my checking into my savings. Yeah. Um, but no, so, so yeah, so Fount Coffee, yeah, gr- great coffee. The owners are are incredible people. Um, they've done a really good job this pandemic as well, uh, creating a, a you know a safe space for people to uh, to dine in, dine outside, take out whatever, um, and then you know uh, black and white roasters at a Wake Forest. Um, can't say enough good things. I've had a couple of their roasts in there. It's awesome. So yeah, they're really good. Those are my two, Dusty. Yeah, and you're talking to to two guys that like a lot of different types of coffee. It's true. Okay, I'll trust the experts. Um, I am actually going to look that up. And hey, it's 2020. Treat yourself. That's right. It's almost 2021. You got. You better get it in. <laughs> yeah. Squeeze. <laughs> yeah. 2021 is all about punishment. <laughs> uh, so for me, I'm going a different direction than we've been going with my recommendations. Katie and I have um, 
in the mass quantities of streaming entertainment that we watch, decided to start segmenting the way we watch our movies. So we just pick a single director, uh, or like before uh, trial of uh, the Chicago Seven, we watched every Aaron Sorkin written movie, and uh, just worked all the way through them in order. And it gives you a different feel for uh, the movies than when you just kind of watch them um, spontaneously. So we have almost wrapped up all of the Coen Brothers movies. Nice. So, you know, they started with Blood Simple and Raising Arizona back in the 80s. Came through a couple Oscar winners with Fargo, No Country for Old Men. And we are on the last movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, And it has been awesome. And I would suggest watching them in that direction because you really feel like you know these guys like their characters are the same they use almost all the same actors repeatedly uh you know Totoro, john goodman um Bashimi's in there all the time and you pick up a lot of like their their inside jewish sensibility jokes some movies like a serious man are just like straight on about the fact that they're Jewish and yet they jump genres all the time. They have like thrillers, they have comedies. It's not something like another guy we watched was Noah Baumbach and all his movies feel like they're the exact same thing on repeat and they're great, but they're the same thing. Um, it, I have I'm blown away. I, I, before I just thought they were good directors. Now like I'm I'm in the bag. So I know people are looking for content. It's it's an awesome exercise. Enjoy. Sorry, cut out for a second. Cool. Ah, we got, but we got That's it. We got it though. My, we got it. My audio's got it. Because I, I was really, I was really close and hard <laughs> on the pitch. No, it sounds <laughs> awesome. What do you got, Varg? Anything you want to recommend to the masses before we get out? Of uh, here? I just finished, and, and by, by <laughs> masses, yeah. I mean the entire internet. Um, right. I just finished reading "The Practice" by Seth Godin, and it, 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 the book is, I think, the subtitle is. Um, like shipping creative work uh i would highly recommend that to anyone who is thinking about doing something creative or is a creative or you know just likes creating things in general um highly recommend checking out that book i thought it was excellent awesome thank you i have actually been meaning to put that in my reading queue and consider it done it's in there Boom. All right, guys. Hey, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, this is great. great to catch up with you, man. Yeah, it's good seeing you both. All right. Likewise, man. Yeah, man. I got nothing to say. I love you guys. Yeah. Love yeah. you too, oh, guys. I love, yeah. Or love you guys, too. Yeah, I love you guys, yeah. <laughs> right, Ending with some later. vulnerability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Good deal. Varga, be good, man. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, hopefully. I'll let you guys know uh, when I'm back in North Carolina. It's great catching up with you both. Yeah, man. Keep putting out the content. Love it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.